This is CPX number 60 on the simplicity of the Catholic faith. Today I want to have a CPX interlude as to this question whether I'm teaching you basic Catholicism or advanced Catholicism. Spoiler answer to this is very basic Catholicism. I want to take this opportunity to explain what is so great about basic Catholicism, especially when there's so many odd flavors of Catholicism in the 21st century. Now, what C.S. Lewis called mere Christianity, we could maybe call mere Catholicism here, where mere means more pure and undistilled than it does meek or watered down. Some people think I'm some type of theological genius at times using big words, what someone once called uber-Catholicism. But here's my little secret. The Catholic faith is very simple and very basic. Yes, it's infinitely more deep and complex than Protestantism, but it's also more simple in theoretical astrophysics and mathematics, simple means nothing lacking and nothing superfluous. It doesn't mean simplistic like the Catholic faith is just for slack-jawed yokels. So why in this series do we sometimes have to talk about complex things? Well, remember that modernism is the synthesis of all heresies, meaning modernists today are combining every past heresy. So for me to counter the synthesis of all heresies, I have to sometimes give you all their big-time objections to traditional Catholicism first before we have equally advanced counters to that. Now, how do I know how to do that so well? Well, because I used to be a liberal modernist myself, and God forgive me, I used to make fun of traditional Catholics. And so sometimes we do need complex words to stave off these complex arguments of the modernists. But in and of itself, the Catholic faith is so simple. And you know why it's so perfect and simple? Because God invented it. So it's going to be totally cohesive across all of the theological fronts, ascetical theology, liturgical theology, doctrinal theology. The problem today is, all these people want to talk about those advanced topics before getting down the basics. Maybe we could say the basics are these five things. God created the world. Man sinned and messed it up. Jesus died and rose to free you from your sins. You get these graces through the sacraments. Jesus is the only way to the Father. That is so simple, even kids can memorize those five things. God created the world. Man sinned and messed it up. Jesus died and rose from the dead to save you from your sins. You get these graces from the sacraments, and Jesus is the only way to the Father. I'm not saying that's all there is to the Catholic faith, but if you believe those five things, you already have more true beliefs based on divine revelation than 99% of the PhDs in theology in this country right now. I don't say that lightly or by means of exaggeration. Okay, let me tell you a little about my time in seminary. I personally studied French, Spanish, and Portuguese before, during, and after seminary because I wanted to bring this simple gospel, those five truths I just told you, uh, to all nations as a missionary priest. That's why I learned French, Spanish, and Portuguese. Now, since then in my priesthood, life didn't work out how I wanted it to. But the enemies who stopped me from being an international missionary gave me a bigger voice than if I had had my way. So that shows how God brings good from evil. But just like what I would have done if I got to stay in Africa or Brazil longer, these five basics and a few other things I'm going to say is exactly what I'm bringing to this series. And the basics I want to tell you today, on top of those five, is that with everything going on, 
in the church and the state, it's this. Trust your heart and the Bible and traditional Catholicism. Be charitable, but apologize to nobody for keeping the faith of all the saints of every century. Our faith is very simple. Now, to counter the heretics, the modernist heretics, I sometimes use big words, but my message to you today is trust your heart when talking to people, even if you sound like what certain people have mocked us as, namely fundamentalist Catholics. They, they say we're fundamentalist Catholics. But listen to the words of St. Paul in Romans 10. How can they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And so you're called to bring people to Christ and basic apostolic Catholicism. What we just heard in Romans 10, that's pretty fundamentalist if people want to call us fundamentalist Catholics. And also listen to 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. St. Paul tells his little flock, when there was already heretics running around around the year 100 AD, he says this, But the anointing you have received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And him is Christ right there. Now, me saying on a podcast, you have no need that anyone should teach you. I could already hear my enemies saying, oh, you see, Father David's telling lay people they shouldn't listen to the hierarchy, only the Bible and their own hearts. This sounds just like Protestantism and Gnosticism. Gnosticism is where you have your own private knowledge and you don't listen to what the magisterium says. Well, my enemies are correct there that Gnostics and Protestants have liked probably that line from 1 John 2.27. But let's read that line against the historical backdrop of the year 100 AD when St. John wrote that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You see, there were already heretics in the time of St. John. And he was telling his little flock to avoid the secret knowledge heretics, especially since his little flock had learned the Catholic faith from the apostles, namely himself. And remember, I tell you all the time that apostolic Catholicism is traditional Catholicism. And so everything I teach you on this series can be found in any catechism in any century. So when St. John writes, but the anointing that you have received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you, he means besides the apostles. He means besides what would one day be known as, unfortunately, traditional Catholicism. So St. John's not saying you should espouse a complex faith, but rather a simple faith. Remember, Gnosticism, that heresy of Gnosticism, means that you have secret, complex knowledge from God, and in all the theological games you want to play, you can reject the official teachings of the Catholic Church. What I'm teaching on this series is just really basic teachings of the Catholic Church. And as you can tell from my series, I'm against all those theological games. So this is why we're getting back to simple Catholicism, mere Catholicism, apostolic Catholicism, traditional Catholicism, whatever you want to call it, this is where we're at. I like how Terry and Jesse at Virgin Most Powerful Radio say we all need blue-collar Catholicism and a PhD in common sense. And you know they're right from a Thomistic point of view. The great 20th century Thomist, Joseph Pieper, he shows that what St. Thomas Aquinas meant about the virtue prudence, we hear this word prudence a lot, But he shows this doesn't mean being overly careful in decisions when we need boldness. 
Actually, Joseph Pieper shows us that prudence is just, get this, prudence is common sense. That's his best translation of both Aristotle and Aquinas, and I agree with him. And then on top of that, what do we have? We have the Holy Spirit's gift of counsel, and that is proven by great theologians like St. Thomas Aquinas and I think St. John of the Cross. That's, that is supernaturalized prudence. The gifts are supernaturalized natural virtues. Well, combine these two facts, and then what is counsel? Counsel, this gift from the Holy Spirit, counsel is supernaturalized common sense. Supernaturalized common sense. That's exactly the classic definition of the Holy Spirit's gift of counsel. That means sensing from God what to do, what to say, even what to think. That doesn't mean waiting for little delicate whispers in your ear physically from God. Very few people get locutions. I hear all these people say, God told me this, and I was like, oh, that's cool, and then God told me this. But this is how it works for most of us. When I feel an inspiration from God and I speak of that to someone, I say, in my heart, I understood X, Y, Z to the best of my ability, but I might be wrong. I never say, God told me this. Now, that's not to say, and some traditionalists aren't on an intimate enough relationship with God where they are afraid to say what God has communicated them. I'm just really careful in my vocabulary. I never say, God told me this or Mary told me this. I will say, in my prayer time, I kind of understood this. Take it with a grain of salt. Maybe it's not true, but I was getting this in prayer. Or maybe I'll just speak into someone's life without bringing it in prayer because you kind of hold people hostage if you say, God told me you're supposed to marry this person. God told me you're not supposed to marry this person. Anyway, I got off track. The point is, um, the way God works in our hearts is understanding, not whispers in our ear. There's a whisper in your ear that's called a locution, which is extremely, extremely, extremely rare. But what is common is for us to feel, understand, in our intuition. Our intuition is the crossroads of reason and emotion that we can understand in our intuition inspirations that God is giving us day to day. In fact, hour to hour. In fact, minute to minute and possibly second to second. Now, that doesn't mean walking on clouds and acting weird. Again, it just means living love and common sense at every moment. So hold to blue-collar Catholicism and get a PhD in common sense, especially now when it appears the whole world has lost its mind. Now, we have made things way, way, way too complicated in Catholicism these days. So Trust your heart and the Bible and traditional Catholicism and stop apologizing to people for it. I'm just going to say this boldly. If you follow traditional Catholicism, you'll probably be saved. If you don't, well, I'm not saying you can't be saved, but it's a crapshoot. If you follow traditional Catholicism, your family will be saved, most likely. You see that with all these flip-flopping doctrines these days that are coming out, and I blogged about this yesterday if you go take a look, do you really want to hang your families? salvation on a crapshoot. You know, in the Catholic news services, we see all these different pieces of news from the top down. Nobody can agree if it's night, like I said before. Trust traditional Catholicism, not YouTube priests, not even YouTube priests like me. I'd rather you trust the Bible and the Magisterium. If you find that I help elucidate the Bible and the Magisterium, keep listening to me. But if I don't, turn me off. But to show you how important a childlike faith is, and I'm sure many of you have heard this story, I'm going to tell you really how we have so much to learn from children. Someone asked Archbishop Fulton Sheen who his hero was. And he said an 11-year-old Chinese girl. Now, the next account from the 20th century that I'm about to give you, it's not rated R, it's not rated PG-13, it is PG. So parents may want to listen to the last three minutes of this podcast starting now before having their kids listen to it. But I'm going to stick my neck out here and say, 
I really think all kids should actually hear this story that I'm about to tell you. Most of you probably already know this story. Again, Archbishop Fulton Sheen was asked maybe 50 years ago who his hero was. And I'm just going to read this directly from a website so I don't mess up the story. A couple of months before his death, Bishop Fulton J. Sheen was interviewed on national television. One of the questions was this, Bishop Sheen, you have inspired millions of people all over the world. Who inspired you? Was it a pope? Bishop Sheen responded that it was not a pope, a cardinal, another bishop, or even a priest or nun. It was a little Chinese girl of 11 years of age. He explained that when the communists took over China, they imprisoned a priest in his own rectory near the church. After they locked him up in his own house, the priest was horrified to look out of his window and see the communists proceed into the church where they went into the sanctuary and broke into the tabernacle. In an act of hateful desecration, they took the ciborium and threw it on the floor with all the sacred hosts spilled out. The priest knew exactly the number of hosts in the ciborium. It was 32. When the communists left, they either did not notice or didn't pay attention to a small girl praying in the back of the church who saw everything that had happened. That night, the little girl came back. Slipping past the guard at the priest's house, she went inside the church. There she made a holy hour of prayer, an act of love to make up for the act of hatred. After her holy hour, she went into the sanctuary, knelt down, bent over, and with her tongue received Jesus in Holy Communion. The little girl continued to come back each night to make her holy hour and receive Jesus in Holy Communion on her tongue. On the 32nd night, after she had consumed the last and 32nd host, she accidentally made a noise and woke the guard who was sleeping. He ran after her, caught her, and beat her to death with the butt of his rifle. This act of heroic martyrdom was witnessed by the priest as he watched, grief-stricken, from his bedroom window. When Bishop Sheen heard the story, he was so impressed that he promised God he would make a holy hour of prayer before Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament every day of his life. If this frail little child could give testimony and witness to the world concerning the real and wonderful presence of her Savior in the Blessed Sacrament, then the bishop was absolutely bound by all that was right and true to do the same. His sole desire from then on was to bring the world to the burning heart of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. The little girl showed the bishop what true courage and zeal really is, how faith could overcome all fear, how true love for Jesus in the Eucharist must transcend life itself. What is hidden in the sacred host is the glory of his love. Please say in Our Father for me, et benedictio Dei omnipotentis, Patris et et Spiritus Sancti, descendit super vos et maniat semper. Amen.